Hi everyone, uh, this is Charles Ojovi with the Ledger Bank Digital Commons Research Cooperative, also known as Ledger Bank Research, or uh, LDCRC. And for this episode of the Filmat series on musings for the Ledger Bank podcast, I'm going to be talking about Bikestream, uh, specifically about uh, data co-ops and uh, potentially using uh, some of the features of platoon co-ops, which is this uh, really cool idea for uh, for trucking co-ops or a trucking co-op federation by uh, Beth McCarthy and Daniel Shevitz, uh, which was uh, published uh, earlier this year in March, and uh, it was uh, published in uh, Trust uh, Trust the Support, which is his own uh, uh, research organization. I think up in uh, Berlin, if I'm uh, if I'm correct there, but I think I, I think it's definitely in Germany. <laughs> so as a dad co-op, I just been thinking about. Uh, you know, some of the ways that uh, Bikestream could provide uh, uh, benefits, uh, specifically certain uh, products or services to members, which they might not be able to get themselves individually. And so, when I was reading uh, this article about platoon uh, co-ops, and uh, so specifically for them, uh, in, the, in the article, they're talking about how you could use uh, co-ops and, uh, well, really more DAOs and uh, organizational technology uh, acronym Orgtech, uh, and other, you know, Web3 tools, you know, to help, uh, truckers out, but I think, you know, this really applies to, to co-ops as well, and, uh, you know, that's also the funny thing about DAOs and, uh, and Orgtech, if I am, most of it can probably apply to a, uh, to a co-op as well, so, I mean, they're specifically talking about, uh, truckers, but I think some of the features of their, uh, of their, uh, Platoon Co-op and some of the key functions that, uh, that uh, it's meant to meant to have can also apply as well to uh, to bike stream. And some of those uh, features I've you know, thought about before, but it's just nice to see uh, you know some of those features also pop up in other well, in complete other, but still like relates to transportation and and uh, some uh, some aspects. So you know, get to see that I'm not completely out of uh, out of my mind, and hope and thankfully other people are thinking uh, uh, similarly along the same lines that I am. So among the functions that uh, they wrote uh, in their article, they specifically focus on mutual insurance, data commons, collective coordination, autonomous budgeting, fractional fleets, and uh, automated offsetting. So regarding mutual insurance, uh, pretty much that, uh, you know, if you're a member of, uh, of the Platoon Co-op, you know, you get uh, access to an insurance policy. And since it's mutual insurance, the people uh, who are taking on insurance policies also are the ones uh, adjudicating uh, whether to pay out and also are the uh, the owners of the of the mutual. So you know, if you look for like another uh, well, a Web three example of this, you know, you'd look at uh, Nexus Mutual because uh, they're a cop and uh, also DAO that uh, provides uh, insurance services for uh, for uh, smart contracts, uh, specifically like cover smart contracts. But I think trying to expand to, into uh, into other areas. So one of the you know, nice things that they you know, they mentioned. Was that you know, by you know, having this mutual insurance plan? Uh, well, sorry, just having mutual insurance, uh, you can set up certain plans to handle uh, certain uh, potential uh, incidents in the future. And so I was thinking about a similar thing as well for uh, for bike stream, specifically for the data co-op, because you know, of course, since you have the bikes, you know, people might get injured, or there might be uh, uh, you know, certain defects or uh, or repairs needed for uh, for an e-bike, and so. You, know, you could also have uh, insurance for uh, for the e-bike uh, 
and provide that to uh, to members as well uh, as part of the of the data co-op. Then moving on to uh, uh, data comments. Yeah, so pretty much, you know, data comments is just when you have the collective pooling and management of uh, of data. So a couple examples would be like Wikipedia, OpenStreetMaps. Uh, you know, I mean, there's like a ton of others, and uh, you know, I kind of just took that definition from uh, from Anna Brandescu and I'm forgetting, uh, unfortunately, the other author's name, but it was an article in the, uh, published by uh, Mozilla, you know, discussing different, uh, well, new forms of, uh, of data governance, which kind of explains like uh, alternatives to, uh, to like mainstream data governance policies. So regarding data comments, uh, you know, the big thing is that, you know, for the most part, you'd have all these, uh, at least written the Platoon Co-op's articles, that you'd have all these truckers logging uh, their, uh, you know, their, uh, their routes, but then also their vehicles as well. Uh, with sensors, I mean, you can call it smart vehicles, whatnot. Uh, you know, it's a pretty similar thing to uh, to the data bike, because, you know, that's what we do with bikes, we make data bikes. So you're pretty much doing the same thing, just adding sensors. Uh, and, you know, other ways you can measure, you know, not just the truck, but then also uh, the driver. And uh, for the most part, uh, most of that would be passively gathered, for, at least for, uh, for the trucker. Uh, and for uh, for uh, bike stream data bikes, it would be kind of be the same as well, since you don't really have to like try putting that. It'll just it just kind of goes in uh, as long as the bike's running. So their response is that you, know, you should have a data comments, so that way you get an upside of automation, uh, because you can make your uh, driving data anonymized. Uh, you can aggregate aggregate it and then uh, sell it, and then split it among the pool, and that's obviously something that we would do with our data cop for uh, for bike stream is you know uh pretty much anonymize the data i mean really the only thing we need to know is you know which bike is producing the data and we're good to go we don't really need to know the person and then you know of course through uh through the products on uh on streamer marketplace sell uh well aggregate and then sell the data and then distribute out uh any earnings out to uh to the pool and you know, most of probably can also you know, set up different uh, analytical uh, tools to help people understand their data as well. So uh, you know, a lot of things uh, you can uh, you can do with that. But you know, you, you do get the upside of automation, business and you can you know, by making these analytical tools, you know, develop you know ways to automate certain processes. Uh, so you know, you might like uh, you know, have certain uh, you know problems with uh, with the vehicle. So with the platoon cops. Uh, you know, in the article, you know, talk about some of the issues you might run into, like, you know, wear and tear the vehicle, uh, you know, fuel consumption. So, you know, let's say, you know, you find out that there's some wear and tear of the vehicle from a sensor, boom, then from there, it automates a process to, you know, replace certain parts or to, uh, or to notify, uh, you know, kind of like just a platoon call uh, about the issue and, and to take some uh, preventive measures or corrective measures. So, you know, those are things that could actually uh, actually happen, but most importantly, just need something to log and you can do it already with uh, uh, with the data bikes under uh, under bike stream. So uh, next, move on to collective coordination. Uh, you know, this really won't be too much of an issue uh, for uh, for bike stream just because, you know, we got you know, hopefully put everything into a data co-op, so it's kind of just, cloud coordination is kind of just built in. This seems to be much more of an issue for, uh, in the Platoon Co-op's article because of uh, union busting that goes on, 
a lot in the in the trucking industry, so it makes it a lot harder to have collective coordination. But this is pretty much a thing you can do if you you know will have a code, but also if you use org tech and kind of just bring everyone uh, you know together and use some you know means to uh, to communicate. Moving on to autonomous uh, budgeting. Uh, pretty much the issue in the uh, in the platoon co-ops article is really just you know since it's hard for uh, truckers to uh, to come together in unions, it's really hard for them to uh, pool and allocate resources, and so that's where a uh, you know having a uh, a DAO could really come in handy. It's just you know providing uh, a means for uh, for pooling and allocating resources. And providing some of that transparency via uh, org tech. And so uh, with Bikestream, uh, and specifically with the DAGHOP, we do a very similar thing. I'm not exactly sure if we would use uh, org tech, but uh, you know, it's very possible. I mean, if we're already using Web3, why not? <laughs> and then moving on to uh, fractional fleets, which I think is actually pretty cool. So uh, you know, with fractional fleets in the Platoon Co-ops, are the time about you know, how to fractionalize the uh, ownership of a, uh, of a truck. Which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. I haven't looked too much into this with uh, with Bikestream, but uh, but I would like to uh, actually give this a go. And also saying, you know, about like how to go about uh, basically could potentially have uh, an NFT for uh, for each uh, data bike, and then have uh, you know make uh, fungible tokens, which are a fraction of that NFT. And sell that so that can represent the uh, ownership in the NFT, which once again represents uh, the data bike. So it's possible to fractionalize the ownership of uh, of data bikes. Uh, so yeah, I might uh, look into that and uh, pursue it as a as a research direction because I just think it's uh, really interesting, and uh, also makes it a way to uh, uh, kind of put uh, you know uh, well put the data bike onto, but also potentially to uh, reduce the, uh, the cost of buying and uh, converting uh, data bikes because if you and your, you know, like through your friends all live around each other and you, know, you guys don't mind sharing a bike, <laughs> uh, you know, you could, you know, uh, all chip in and become part owners of, of that bike and then you know, any of the data that comes out of it, you know, gets uh, aggregated and sold and you know whatever that uh, profit comes out to that you get then that could get split among all three people so you know, everyone can benefit from that and you know, if you want to you know make a you make a really cool data bike and you're like well hey you know, I want to kind of put this up uh, for auction you know uh, f uh, growing the ownership and it's like oh yeah let me just put this up and let's see if people want you know to invest in my dad bike <laughs> and boom there you go so uh yeah, you know, it sounds uh, you know really uh, really interesting, and you know, uh, you know, just because I've been reading up on uh, this new crowdfunding models for uh, for uh, essay writing, have really kind of made me rethink my thoughts on uh, on uh, well on uh, crowdfunding methods, uh, especially for knowledge, but also rethinking uh, ownership and fractionalized ownership uh, when it comes to uh, digital and. Uh, well, to digital assets, and then also to uh, uh, Internet of Things connected devices, since they technically uh, are uh, are in both the uh, uh, physical and cyber, so cyber-physical worlds. This you can, because you have similar, uh, you know, uh, features which lend themselves to uh, to NFTs with uh, IoT connected devices. Yeah, and then regarding the actual, uh, you know. 
uh, profit share that comes from the ownership, well, fractionalized ownership, doesn't necessarily have to just be based on investment since, you know, we want to keep with cooperative values. You could base it on a much more reputational measure or based on patronage, so how much you use, how much data you produce. Uh, you know, it could just be based on labor. Uh, could also, you know, be based on, you know, like quite a number of things. But I think, you know, not solely relying on money is usually the best way to go about these things. And so that's what you could do. And one of the benefits that they raised in the Platoon Co-op's uh, uh, article is that, you know, you can, you know, it's a lower barrier to entry for people who want to uh, help set up fleets. Uh, you know, also, uh, you know, a little bit less risky because then you don't have to put all your uh, baskets, well, sorry, all your eggs in one basket. And you can also spread out among multiple uh, trucks in the fleet or among multiple fleets. So, you know, this helps spread risk and uh, this allows other people to come in and then, you know, uh, add in their own capital. So this way, you know, there's enough money coming in to, uh, to help. And, you know, one of the issues to mention is that this could lead to a, a problem with, you know, new entrants coming in, you know, uh, a little too much. And this also might lead to uh, too many workers coming in for, uh, to take trucking uh, positions even though wages are dropping. But I think that could be offset by just having the, well, the fractionalized ownership. And if you have your own truck, you can just kind of, you know, put up, you know, uh, technically, well, sell an, uh, a fungible token based on the uh, non-fungible token of your truck. So technically, there's still some way to, uh, to get around worrying about the positions, I think. Uh, but, you know, just some thoughts. And moving on to automated offsetting. So in the Platoon Co-op's article, they mentioned one of the big problems for logistics companies and truckers is uh, really auditing uh, their uh, their uh, carbon emissions or just emissions in general. So like greenhouse gas emissions, GHGs. And then uh, for uh, for logistics companies, you know, big problem is tracking. But for truckers, it's you know, what's the incentive to uh, care about uh, GHGs? And so on the uh, responses that uh, gets raised in the article is that you, know, you can give uh, some sort of, uh, of uh, you know, give benefits or incentives for people to, you know, reduce their uh, GHGs and uh, try to push more decarbonization. So uh, some of the things they mentioned you can possibly do is, you know, give tangible financial rewards, you know, kind of like what Plastic Bank does, you know, they'll give you uh, tokens in exchange for uh, for plastic, you know, uh, especially like plastic, which isn't getting recycled, so they recycle it. So that's one, uh, you know, one example of that, or like kind of like carbon credits, uh, and then you know, also reputational recognition. So you could give people badges, you could, uh, you know, could give them shout outs, promotion, you know, a lot, a lot of things you can do there. But I just thought that was a, a really interesting one and so you can also lower you know au your auditing costs because you know, if you have all the truckers uh lock in their data with their data trucks <laughs> or their smart trucks or smart vehicles uh whatever you want to call it that way it becomes a lot easier to uh, to audit and see how much uh ghg is uh being emitted so that's you know lessens the the toll on the logistic companies so you provide more transparency, and it also is better for consumers because then they understand 
uh, really how much GHGs come from, which products that they're uh, that they're buying, or uh, or just how this industry is working, so that they can, you know, uh, if possible, buy certain products, you know, change to uh, change their buying practices, and also uh, potentially talk to uh, policymakers about things they want changed uh, regarding uh, uh, certain industry practices. So, you know, very interesting. And I think that was a, a really cool one about just mentioning how you could use that to help uh, decarbonize and incentivize it. And so that's kind of about it. Uh, the only other thing I really wanted to mention uh, as well was that you could potentially also add in uh, this a little bit more specific to like uh, to micromobility. Uh, you also add in uh, some benefit for peer-to-peer uh, -peer battery chargers. So you know people, you know, of course, you know, if you use the da uh, use the data bike or any e bike, you know, it's running on battery, and of course the battery's gonna lose power. And then you know, how do you get <laughs> how do you get that uh, battery charged? You could also uh, include uh, battery chargers to be part of uh, part of the uh, data co-op, and you know these guys will come out and just charge your battery. Uh, for you, uh, especially if you rent it out, yeah, yeah, you really only need like you know battery chargers <laughs> if uh, if you're renting out your bike, and I think that's something else that the club could also uh, work on is helping people figure out how to do crowdsource bike sharing and uh, you know rent out uh, their bikes. So yeah, lots of cool things to uh, to uh, to look at. But yeah, so that's uh, about it for uh, for the episode. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, send uh, send an email to legendback at gmail.com or send us a voice message. Uh, once again, uh, I'm Charles Jovu with the Legendback Digital Commons Research Cooperative. You can find me on Twitter at C-A-D-J-O-V-U. And you can find Legendback on Twitter at Ledgerback. And that's uh, ledgerback.coop. Uh, that's .coop. Uh, the other episode is made by speaking into microphones. And yeah, if you look for more information on bike stream, micro mobility, uh, data co-ops, uh, just search bike stream, B-I-K-E-S-T-R-E-A-M uh, on your uh, favorite search engine. Hopefully not Google. <laughs> uh, and yeah, hopefully uh, it, it should come up. Uh, yeah, once again, thank you for listening and uh, hopefully come by for the next episode.